This is Ernie Hood, President of Science Communicators of North Carolina, or SCUNK. Our group, American Scientist Magazine, and the Research Triangle Park chapter of Sigma Xi are the co-organizers of the American Scientist Pizza Lunch series of lunchtime lectures held monthly at the Sigma Xi headquarters in North Carolina. In our Pizza Lunch podcasts, we interview scientists who have appeared at Pizza Lunch events. In this podcast, American Scientist Associate Editor Katie Burke interviews mathematician Dr. Ilse Epson from the Department of Mathematics at North Carolina State University. Her pizza lunch talk was on rolling the dice on big data. She presented a close-up look at how mathematicians use the Monte Carlo method and other tools to wrestle with the deluge of data emerging from a wide variety of areas of scientific research. Dr. Burke's first question was, how big is big data? Um, Well, so one way of looking at it is um, if you think about a grain of sand and how many grains of sand you need to fill an Olympic-sized swimming pool, uh, it will take you about a terabyte or, you know, if if you think about, uh, it will take you about a terabyte. Um, So it's the big is the number of grains of sand you need to fill an Olympic-sized swimming pool. This is the size of data that physicists and astronomers and also uh, environmental scientists get. Monte Carlo sampling gets its name from the city where you gamble. Why is it named for that place? It's named for that place because the, 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 the method itself gambles. Right, it doesn't give you a predictable answer. It sort of uh, rolls a dice, and then depending on the outcome of a dice, it gives you the answer. So in some sense, you can think of the method as gambling to get its answer. And then there are also actually Las Vegas algorithms. So there are Monte Carlo algorithms and Las Vegas algorithms, and they differ a little bit. With the Las Vegas algorithm, if you just run the method long enough, it will ultimately give you the correct answer. And that's not true for Monte Carlo method. So there's, there are slight distinctions among methods, but there is also a method that's named after an American gambling city. Using something like uh, Monte Carlo statistical techniques gives you a quicker analysis. Why would a quicker analysis be important? Why not just look at all of the data? Well, sometimes when you would say, if you're, if you're a credit card company and you want to look at a fraudulent transaction, you want to do that right away. You can't afford to wait a week to analyze all the transactions because then the perpetrator may have already left. So, you know, for, for this kind of thing, or also national security concerns, I think one wants to be able to do something right away, to find some, some patterns right away, because uh, if one doesn't do it fast enough, the opportunity will be lost. So... If you were trying to figure out or identify the author of an email and you had a whole bunch of other emails or documents where the author was known, um, and, but it, it, the amount of words, the amount of uh, data in each of those documents was huge. And so if you were to do a Monte Carlo technique where you were sampling, subsampling randomly uh, that docu- the, all of those documents, um, then an article like the word the would show up in the document um, or in your subsampling much more than a word like frog or something. So how do you account for that difference, the fact that the, the word the would not be as good a predictor of an author as the word frog? Yeah, that's a good point. So that's a point of cleaning up the data beforehand to remove indefinite articles. So that's that's yet another problem that, um, you know, 
I'm not sure mathematically that can be done, but you know somebody has to decide beforehand. You know, we're removing all definite and indefinite articles and fill words. So that's a whole problem in itself that I haven't thought about. But that's that's a really good point. I've heard of Monte Carlo techniques before because I have a, a, a background in science. So some of our listen listeners who have a background in science or statistics would um, probably also have heard of Monte Carlo techniques, and. How new is using Monte Carlo statistics for information management? How, uh, how new is that? And what are some novel uses of Monte Carlo statistics? Yeah, so that's right. So Monte Carlo has been used for a long time, especially physicists are using, to, are using it to do integration for um, uh, information for, um, as an approach in information retrieval, I think probably the 1980s or the 1990s. That's my guess. I'm not quite sure when the first papers came out. So the papers I've been referencing are from the late 1990s and 2000s. So in terms of science, not very long, maybe 10, 20 years. You mentioned that Monte Carlo technique is just one of, of some other techniques, including the Las Vegas technique. Uh, so what are some pros and cons of using Monte Carlo statistical techniques uh, and what other techniques can be used besides those you've already mentioned? Yeah, so usually one, uh, one thing is that Monte Carlo is easy to analyze. So for academics who'd like to write papers and get results fast, that's, uh, that's a pro. But it's also um, it's easy to implement and fast to implement. So that, that is an advantage right there for the real world. Um, while some of the more... Um, sophisticated techniques maybe are harder to program and they could get some better results but then one needs to have a little bit more knowledge say about the application and the data that are involved so what you know this monte carlo technique was just a very simple-minded approach that doesn't take into account any structure or patterns in the data or any knowledge of the data so by using you know data that come from an application and if one if one um, builds in a lot more knowledge about the application. One can get faster algorithms and more sophisticated techniques. How will big data management change in the future? What are some of the newest advances and uh, the word on the street? Um, well, one of the things with big data is that you know there we cannot store all of them. So, for example, when physicists uh, get data from the Large Hadron Collider, uh, already at the source, at the collider, a lot of the data are uh, thrown away and only the important data are kept. So there's a lot of uh, data that are thrown away. And actually the same apparently with healthcare record. There's a lot of information that is just thrown away and that is not used. Um, so partly because um, one doesn't have the time to analyze the data, one doesn't have necessarily the means to store the data, to curate it, to archive it. Uh, there's so much coming in and then you know we have to analyze it but I, by the time we have analyzed it already more has come in so that that's that's a problem right there thank you dr Ibsen, for coming in and talking to us thank you it was my pleasure thank you very much this pizza lunch podcast was produced by american scientist magazine the magazine is published by sigma xi the scientific research society the music is spot by Arden Octopus, courtesy of Medios Music Alley. Thanks for listening. <laughs>